Hello, everyone. I'm Brad Gray, and welcome to the Teaching Series Podcast. I am a follower of Jesus, and I find the Bible to be absolutely amazing and love helping people experience it anew. Because in my 12 plus years of teaching the Bible professionally, I've learned that most of us have never been taught how to engage the Bible the way it was intended in its original context, and we are missing out on so much. Because when the biblical text is set in its context, it becomes more relevant, compelling, and transformational than we ever imagined. My desire is for all people to experience the Bible this way and to see Jesus at the center of it all. It's to this end that I created the teaching series, which is a weekly video series that explores some aspect of the Bible in its original context and then talks through how we can apply it well to our own context. This podcast is the audio version of those highly visual video teachings, which can be found at walkingthetext.com. So if you find an episode particularly helpful, I'd encourage you to check out the video version as well. And please feel free to rate and review this podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and let's jump into the episode. Friends, hello there. Welcome to another episode in the teaching series. And if you've been following along over the last couple weeks, we have been in a mini-series on Psalm 23, this most beloved of all psalms. And if you've been tracking with us, you will know that Psalm 23, like all the passages we look at, when we set it in its context, is deeper, it's richer, it's just like, ah, oh, really, there's, there's that aspect to it as well. And so we've been working through like the major components of Psalm 23. And uh, we started off and we said, yes, the Lord is my savvy shepherd. He understands the landscape. He understands what's going on. And he's going to provide for me. I shall not want. I won't be in need because God will supply my needs if I'm following after the good shepherd. Uh, And then he does this a number of different ways. One of them is he settles me down in green pastures. And we talked about how green pastures are green like only a few months out of the year and these times in our lives where we're experiencing abundance and where we're, you know, we're experiencing like deprivation, if you will. And we talked about like the secret to be able to be content in all circumstances and that this is a God who provides for us both in the green and the brown. And he also leads us besides these still waters of rest that once the flock is able to drink and now they've had food and now they've had drink, they they can rest. And there's got to be these moments and pockets of rest in our lives. And then we move into verse three, which is what we're going to center in on for this particular episode. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, there are actually three components to this one verse. You have the restores my soul, leads me in paths of righteousness, and then third, for his name's sake. And I want to start with the paths of righteousness because I think that once we understand that, we'll have a better understanding of what he restores my soul is really saying and why God does this for his name's sake. So let's begin with paths of righteousness. He leads me in these paths of righteousness. Now, I want to look at another passage to kind of give us an idea of why paths are so important. And this is from Jeremiah 50, 
verses 6 through 7. I just want to read the first part because this is a, a shepherding passage later on in the scriptures. And, and God is speaking. And he says, my people were lost sheep. Their shepherds misled them. The hills led them astray. They roamed from mount to hill. They forgot their own resting place. And then it kind of goes on from there, and that's a great passage. But this idea that the hills led them astray, not only did their shepherds lead them astray, but the hills led them astray. And this is so telling because when, again, you look at the environment that sheep and goats thrive in here in the desert, look at these hills. I mean, they all look the same. Yes, the hills can lead you astray because everything looks the same. I mean, whether it is the hills looking from above here, whether you're walking through wadis and you see these canyons, they all look the same. The hills, they just look the same wherever you go. The same shrub brushes and bushes and trees and, and all of that. Like it all just looks the same. And so when it talks about the idea of David saying, he leads me in paths of righteousness, paths are really important in this environment. And then you start to ask the question, okay, so if David is talking about this on the first level, right, we've been talking about this on two levels, like actual shepherding imagery, what paths are we talking about? And then out of that, we can talk about at the much higher level of our own lives, like what is the, the spiritual reality? What is the life reality for this, this understanding of the shepherding context? And so... I want to bring you back again to the drone uh, because the drone is really helpful. That as you look at these hills, one of the things that you notice right away are these lines. And you've probably noticed that the other times I've shown drone footage. But you go, oh yeah, there's all of these lines right here. And those lines are created by the sheep and goats. That they walk these same lines, and as they follow one another in following their shepherd, they create these paths. And so when David talks about, he leads me in paths of righteousness, there is literally paths that you see with the sheep and the goats. And we saw that from the drone footage there. So when David starts talking by leads me in paths of righteousness, he's now ascribed something additional to this. It's not just the path because yes, there are paths. You see those in the desert. We see these in the photos and in the drone footage, but he's talking now about paths of righteousness. Now this is where it gets really interesting. And I'm going to teach you a few Hebrew words in the episode today. So the word righteousness here is the word tzedek. And tzedek is a word that means rightness or righteousness. So that's that's translated um, appropriately, helpfully. Um, it means what it sounds like. But it's the word that it comes from that I believe gives us a deeper understanding of what righteousness actually means. That for many of us, if we hear the word righteousness, we go, okay, well, it's right behavior. Like it's obeying the rules. It's being in the right 
lines. Like that's what righteousness is. It's, it's the do's that you do that are correct and you don't do the don'ts. And so like you are righteous, you're doing everything correctly. Well, it's actually deeper than that, which I think is good news because for some of us, it just becomes about rules and regulations and am I obeying the rules or not? But the word tzedek is connected to the word tzedakah. And tzedakah literally means that when you take in its context throughout the scriptures, that it's got a much broader meaning than just the idea of righteousness or right behavior. It's the standard of right relationship we have between God and other people. See, at the foundation of righteousness is relationship. So when we say, well, we want to be righteous or we want to have like the righteousness of God, it's the fact that our relationship with God is so intact that God's will and God's desires are made manifest in our life because we go, God, I understand your rules. I understand your regulations. I understand what you're asking me to do. And it's the right way to live. And because we are in right relationship and I trust you, I will walk that out in my own life. I will live that out. And so there's this right relationship with God. And when we're living out God's will and way for our life, we are living in righteousness because we're in right relationship with God. But as we explored in a previous episode, when Jesus is asked, what's the greatest commandment? He says, you got to love God and you got to love others. And so this relationship with others is another important facet of this. And so when David is talking about like these paths of righteousness, he's saying that the good shepherd will lead you on the path on what it means to be in right relationship with the good shepherd and right relationship with others. Again, Jesus says you love God, you love others. And if you recall from that teaching episode, Jesus puts them on the same level. And so I love this about Psalm 23 is that David said he leads me in paths of righteousness. He doesn't just guide me in the direction like he's walking me through. He's saying this is what it is to be in right relationship. And as you walk God's path, like this path of righteousness is created. And remember, Psalm 23 is not just about me individually. It is one of the unique aspects to the psalm because oftentimes when you read um, me or my or you, of course, those are those are our pronouns for me, for the individual. But actually, the times that the word you gets used in the Bible, almost in every case, it's communal. It's plural language. And so when David is talking about my savvy shepherd, It's not that David is just alone in the middle of nowhere. It's the idea that David is in the midst of community and he's following after God, but that relationship is so personal, David can say, he's my savvy shepherd. And so in the midst of all of this, it's yes, it's following after the shepherd. It's understanding what it is to be in right relationship with the shepherd, but it's also what it means to be in right relationship to the rest of the flock, to other people as well. And so it's a standard of right relationships. And I'll just love this this video clip 
um, from, from Joel Kramer at sourceflix.com because I think it just encapsulates just the beauty of what David is saying. He leads me in paths of righteousness. Like these sheep are following this shepherd. They're all going together. They're creating these paths together. They're in community. They're in relationship with one another and with the shepherd. And it's just this beautiful picture of how these paths are created as these sheep follow their good shepherd. And to me, that's the strength of what David is saying when he says he leads me in paths of righteousness. Now, now that we've got like part two figured out here, now let's go back to that part one. He restores my soul. Now, two key Hebrew words here, and this is going to mean something a little differently than probably most of you have ever learned it, okay? And I really want to show you the two Hebrew words to help you understand where we're going with this. So, the idea of he restores my soul. The word soul here, when we hear that, we go, okay, well, that's the immaterial part of who we are. But the word here in Hebrew is the word nephesh. Okay, nephesh. It's just a really great word to say. And nephesh literally just means the whole person. Okay, we just skip through that. Okay, the whole person. It's not that immaterial, like, spirit, soul aspect. It's just a reference, like, nephesh is, is all of me. So it's a reference to, like, me as a person and everything that makes me, me. That's the word nephesh. So, he restores my soul. Some people have read that and going, oh, there's just a sense of relief because I've been, you know, been given the green pastures and I've had, you know, my still waters and I've been able to drink and therefore I am refreshed. And it's like, I don't think that this part of the psalm is saying that. I think the previous part, verse 2, is saying that, but I think there's something else going on, and I think it's found here in this word restores, because the word restores, the root word here is the word shuv, and it's a word that means to return, to bring back, to restore, or even to repent. The word shuvah or teshuvah is the word that means repentance. And at the root is the word shuv. And so some of you will remember an earlier teaching series on returning to the path where we talked about this relationship and connection. And so to return, to bring back, to restore, to repent, that when it says he restores my soul, I think a better way of understanding what's going on here is that he brings me back. Because again, we have to begin with the shepherding context. What is that first baseline level of what David is drawing upon that's actually true of a flock? And then we talk about what does that look like in our lives? And when you think about the idea of he brings me back, some of you may know this, but when a sheep gets off track, when they get lost from the rest of the flock and they recognize that they're off the path, they're, they're away from the flock, they're away from the shepherd, panic begins to settle in. And they literally become so panicked that they can't go anywhere. And they start bleeding. They start making, not like bleeding, like I cut myself, but bleeding, like making sound. And they make this really loud sound, which draws predators because predators recognize that's the sound of a bleeding sheep. That sheep is in trouble. And they're so paralyzed with fear that they don't go anywhere. And so literally a shepherd has to go and search out that lost sheep in order to bring them back. 
And so not only does the shepherd then have to make sure the rest of the flock is provided for and go on this journey of getting the sheep back, but once he finds the sheep, oftentimes they're so paralyzed or maybe they got injured in some way that the shepherd has to carry them back. And so it's a great cost to the shepherd. And so when when David says, like, he restores my soul, I think what David's getting at much more is that he brings me back. That when I get off course, when I leave the path, when I can't provide for myself or get back on track, this is a good shepherd who comes after me at great cost to the shepherd in order to bring me back. And when I am brought back, again, I am taught, I am led in these paths of righteousness to understand this is what it means to not leave the path, why I need to stay on the path, and that as my good shepherd restores stores me, this shepherd is also leading me on how to thrive on that path of righteousness. And why does he do this? For his namesake. Now, this is interesting because on the one hand, I believe that what David is getting at is that a good shepherd, this is an honor and shame society, by the way, where everything you do either brings you honor or shame. But the honor of the shepherd is that they are a good shepherd, that God is a good shepherd, and good shepherds don't lose their sheep. And so there's a sense of honor, there's a sense of ownership, this good sense of pride where he does this for his name's sake, that for his honor, he's not going to let the sheep just casually go. But I think there's another aspect to this as well, because some of you know the Aaronic benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face to you and give you his shalom. And at the very next verse, God says, so shall they, talking about the priest, put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. So what God is doing in this passage, he's saying, listen, when you speak this blessing over the people, they bear my name and they therefore represent me. And so when we talk about he does this for his name's sake, is that God recognizes that the flock is a reflection of the shepherd, that we are a reflection of God if we are followers of God. And we talked about this when we talked about you are the message, is that we bear the message of God. And so in the midst of all of this, in our stubbornness, in our arrogance, in our pride that hurts us, we leave the path, we go off, we do our own thing. This is a shepherd who is willing to bring us back. This is a shepherd who's saying, I'm trying to teach you this path of righteousness, how to be in right relationship with me and others, because when you have that figured out, like everything else just works its way out because it's all about how you love me and how you love others. And I'm going to do this for my sake, for my honor, because I've invited you to follow me and I will provide for you, but also because you're a reflection of me. And if we're in relationship, then you represent me as well. And so in just this one short verse, he brings me back. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. This is something that just goes really, really deep into our story. So this is what the good shepherd does for us in those times when we leave the path, when we're struggling to understand what it is to be in right relationship with God and others. This is a shepherd who comes to our aid. 
And so if we just think about this in terms of a couple of questions, he brings me back. Uh, Where are you off the path? Where are you going off on your own? Where are you not allowing God or your community to help bring you back into the fold? Where are you struggling? Where do you need help? Where do you just need to be reminded that that God cares for you, that others care for you, and, and you need to get back on the path? Uh, he leads me in paths of righteousness. How active are we in understanding what God's commandments and instructions are for our lives? Are, are we walking that path where every day we wake up going, dear God, how am I following after you? How am I loving other people well? Um, what do I need to learn from you today? Am I creating space to be able to hear from you to understand whether or not I'm off the path or not? Or how you're trying to get me back on the path because I may not even know I'm off the path. And, and how am I like every day going, okay, how do I uh, more faithfully walk this path? Because on this path, there is life. There is abundance, not so much like material or blessing or all of that, but abundance of joy that we understand what it is to follow the shepherd. And are we continually to be reminded that we bear God's name, that God's going to do this for his sake, but he's also going to do this because we're in relationship with God. And where we find ourselves off the path or where we find ourselves maybe struggling to understand how to walk the path well, this is a God who's going to come alongside of us, who's not just going to point out the direction, but walk with us in the process because this is what a good shepherd does. So friends, I hope that was helpful to you. As always, it's been fun hearing your comments um, with respect to just how this this whole Psalm 23 is going deeper. And uh, I'm grateful that we've had this time to hang out. So thanks so much for watching. Thanks for listening. For those of you who are listening to the podcast, and if you have any questions about this, you want to go deeper with any aspect of this, just head over to walkingthetext.com, leave questions in the comment section. And at the very end of the series, I'm going to answer your questions and we can go deeper with some of these. So again, thanks so much for watching. Thanks for listening. And may you walk out the text well in your life. 